Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Most whirlwind weekends of our lives here at ESPN Missoula. Well, man, was it fun. We got all sorts of stories for you, both from the trip all the way across the country to Washington, D.C., down to Harrisonburg, Virginia, back up to Baltimore, caught a bird to Houston. Most cramped and claustrophobic I've ever been in my life. <laughs> then we drove up to Huntsville, went to a, the craziest hole-in-the-wall barbecue joint I've ever seen. Back down to Houston, to Vegas for a couple hours. I don't think I could have lasted much longer there, given my luck or lack thereof. And then, finally, back to Missoula. We'll get to all of our travels as well as the FCS playoffs for both Montana and Montana State. Friday night in Harrisonburg, the Grizz 
fall 28-6 to to James Madison, the third-seeded Dukes, and uh, very impressive. Also very cool to be in that venue on that campus. And then on Saturday, we were in Huntsville, Texas, to check out Montana State versus Sam Houston, the Bobcats, one of the historic wins in program history, 42-19 to over the top-ranked Bearcats. I know there's a lot of narrative, and we were even perpetuating that narrative leading up to this game that maybe Sam, Sam Houston was a paper tiger. And uh, Montana State, they made them look like one for sure. Bobcats dominated that game. They punched Sam Houston square in the mouth, 28 nothing, 17 minutes into the game, and Sam really couldn't come back. I mean, that was their largest playoff deficit. I guess their largest playoff rally to that point had been 21 points, which actually was last spring against James Madison. So when they're down 22 at halftime, didn't look good for the Bearcats. The Bobcats finished the deal. They are into the FCS semifinals for the second year in a row. The Cats will host South Dakota State Saturday afternoon, high noon, Bobcat Stadium, the first semifinal game in Bozeman since 1984. And the first semifinal game of any sort at the FCS level since Montana hosted App State back in 2009. Unbelievable. Uh, the run Montana State is currently on, and it's spurred on by a kid from Butte, Montana, Tommy Malott. What an afternoon, what an evening that kid had on Saturday night, so we'll get into that a little bit as well. We also have some sound from Brent Vegan, Montana State's head coach, as well as Bobby Houck, Montana's head coach. And we'll hear from Tommy Malott, Lance McCutcheon, and Daniel Hardy from the Bobcats, as well as Dylan Cook and Jace Lewis from the Grizzlies. This is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank of Montana, as well as Brett's RV and Marine. We do it the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuanas Now. Our esteemed colleague, Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, he is not here today. He's in North Carolina. Hopefully and almost certainly he's going to take home another Montana Broadcaster of the Year award. I think that uh, they should just name it after him. He's got a couple in a row, maybe three in a row now. Might be gunning for the four-peat, so uh, pretty impressive for our buddy Riley, but he's not here today, so we'll catch up with him probably sometime throughout this week, get his reaction about the Grizz season as a whole. And that's something I definitely want to talk about is how do we evaluate this Grizz season because there's a lot of narrative behind it. So we'll get into all of that here in the first hour. And then also our good buddy, Marty Morningweg, he is not with us either. He had to call in sick, not sure what's going on with Coach. Hopefully he's doing okay. Uh, I actually just saw a text pop up from his wife. Uh, but hopefully he's doing all right. So we, uh, I'm sure he is. He won't be here, but our good buddy Ty Gregorak, longtime assistant football coach, throughout the Big Sky Conference, both Montana and Montana State, and now a burgeoning and blossoming analyst, if I do say so myself. He'll join us as well, so we'll talk all the way around college football, both the games that happened for the Montana schools this last weekend, as well as some of the stuff that's going on on the larger scale of college football, coaching changes all over the place. The early signing day is on Wednesday. I can't believe it. That came out of absolutely nowhere. Usually my Mondays are are jam-packed because we have our Monday morning sales meeting here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Then we have our promotions meeting. Then I have to jump on a call, usually with a Montana State player leading up to Brent Vegan's press conference at noon. Then I usually run down and uh, see what's going on down at the University of Montana and uh, see if I can set up some interviews down there, go see the sports information guys, and then run up to the press conference for Bobby Halkett too. No press conference today because there will be a Grizz football press conference on Wednesday. So the signing period is here already. That's pretty crazy. Um... But I didn't have that today, so a little bit slower of a Monday, actually. Not as whirlwind uh, as you might expect, but uh, a good one nonetheless. 
especially considering just how whirlwind uh, this last weekend was. It was a great pleasure uh, to take uh, to be accompanied on our trip across the country with, by Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Missoula, as well as uh, our I, I can't really call you the Grizz beat writer anymore because you're covering a lot of Big Sky stuff, and uh, you're even working on a story on the Cats, which I know uh, Leon Costello, the athletic director, will certainly uh, be happy about because uh, he, he said he had never read a cat story of yours, and he said, well, it's because I haven't written one ever because you've been primarily doing the Grizz, but now you're doing a bunch of Big Sky stuff. Here and over there, Andrew, as well as our good buddy Blake Hempstead of Copperhead Country, as well as uh, one of our lead photographers at Skyline Sports. Uh, they both came with me across the country. It was very fun. Uh, a ton about the trip to get into, both just from a storytelling perspective as well as what we saw on the field. Uh, but, Andrew, before we get into some of the, the funny stories from our travels, your perspective on these two games, because coming out of Friday, we had kind of both got into this thinking, okay, both the Grizz and the Cats are, are pretty competitive, but these are both two pretty tough matchups. And that proved to be true against James Madison. And then you're sitting here thinking, well, man, you know, again, we always say we don't have much rooting interest in this stuff, but also to travel 4,000 miles around the country to see two lackluster games would be unfortunate. And the Grizz game certainly was lackluster for a lot of reasons, um, both because James Madison's so good and because Montana was robbed of their confidence very early on when two of their key seniors went down. Both Sammy Akem and Cam Humphrey knocked out in the first 16 or 17 minutes of this game. But then Saturday's game was very entertaining, very good, and uh, also just sort of surprising, which then made it even more entertaining because you just didn't realize this was coming out of Montana State. So now here we are, the Bobcats back in the semis, the Grizz losing the quarterfinals again. Um, where are we at with this? What do you think of just the weekend that was? Well, Coulter, I think the first thing was just the experience of being there and, and seeing the emotion around it. And I know that, you know, we talked a lot about the attendance at these games. There was... James Madison Stadium was maybe half full. Not a lot of people at the same Houston game either. But just seeing the emotion around it, especially in the post-game press conference after the Montana game with Jace Lewis and Dylan Cook, the two seniors. And then, man, I was down on the sideline for the Montana State game. I mean, I was right in the thick of it trying to get video and just seeing the emotion and how much it meant to those guys on the sideline. And you really get the sense of, man, we're watching the FCS quarterfinals. We're watching history being made here, regardless of the quality of these games. And neither of these two games were, were all that close in the end. There was no drama at the end of these games really at all. But you got to see the story being written, and that's what we talk about so much. We talk about, here's the story, that's what we care about. Well, we got to, we got to see it this weekend, and that was, that was what was great about it. We got to see it in, in two places happen. No question. We'll get into all the ins and outs of this, too, because, man, so many different storylines. We're doing this on the Montana Football Hour. We're going to talk about these games throughout this show. But we're going to talk about these games for the rest of this week and probably the rest of this year and probably into the offseason as well. It's not just about these games. It's about all of the exterior storylines, as Andrew was saying, about these games, particularly because the two opponents are out of the FCS after this year. So where are we at with the Cats and the Grizz on a national level? But also, what do we think of just the future of this division? Because James Masson and Sam Houston two of the storied and dominant teams of the last 15 years in this division on their way out. So a lot to get into today, tomorrow, this week. Let's first hear from a couple of the main characters in this story. We'll start with Brent Vegan, Montana State's head coach, leads the Bobcats back to the semifinals. It's the first consecutive semifinal appearances in the history of Montana State football. Their 42-19 win at Sam Houston 
the first road victory in the history of the FCS playoffs for the Bobcats. The first time Sam Houston had ever lost a home playoff game. All sorts of platitudes coming out of this thing. Isaiah Fonse went over 100 yards, his 17th 100-yard game in his career. That ties a program record. Isaiah Fonse has 1,539 yards rushing this season. That's a new single-season record for the Bobcats. Lance McCutcheon goes over 1,000 yards in this game, and his 68-yard touchdown in the third quarter was a huge counterpunch because Montana State went up 28 to nothing. Sam Houston scored right before halftime to cut it to 28 to 6. Out of the halftime break, Sam Houston scores another 61-yard touchdown, so now it's 28 to 12, but McCutcheon answers with a 68-yard touchdown of his own. He goes over 1,000 yards, first Bobcat receiver in a decade, and only the sixth ever to go over 1,000 yards. Chase Benson, senior stalwart defensive tackle. He suffers an undisclosed injury early in the first quarter, but then is relegated to the sideline in street clothes. Ty Okada, all big sky safety, gets knocked off, uh, gets knocked out again. Uh, looked like a similar injury, similar shoulder type injury to what he suffered against Montana a couple weeks ago. Sounds a big hit, but Missoula's own Rylan Ort, a Missoula Sentinel product, steps in, doesn't miss a beat. Up on the defensive line, Missoula Sentinel product Byron Rowland steps up, doesn't miss a beat. You also get great reps from guys like Blake Schmidt, who had his first career sack. Ben Seymour, who had a sack in this game. Sam Houston, they couldn't block Montana State. Their line games had the Bearcats' heads spinning, and they were able to pressure quarterback Eric Schmidt relentlessly. They sacked him four times. They forced four different interceptions, three that counted because one was on a two-point conversion, but four total picks for the Bobcat defense, and all of it amounted to a dominant 42-19 victory, and MSU into the semifinals. They'll host South Dakota State, the first semifinal playoff game in Bozeman, since 1984. Brent Vegan, about five minutes of his post game from Saturday evening in Huntsville, Texas, after his team's victory over number one, Sam Houston. They were looking to make an unprecedented run. Um, you know, they were champs in this calendar year, and uh, to do that, to continue this, this, this run, that's really hard to do. And, and we were fortunate to come down here and, and and, and beat them, uh, beat a very good team, a very good program, uh, a lot of winners on that, uh, on the opposite side. And, and our guys, uh, you know, weren't um, intimidated by their success, uh, but knew we needed to play really well uh, in all phases. And obviously getting out to a great start was a, was a big part of that. Um, we knew we had to outrush them. Um, win the turnover margin and really limit their explosives and make some explosives ourselves. And I think we did all three of those um, probably better than we have collectively in a, a game in a while. So, uh, you know, credit to our guys um, and just their resolve. And, you know, you heard it, uh, talk, you know, listen to all three guys. Um, this group's really close. Uh, they've been through a lot. Um, and not just yesterday trying to get here. They've been through a lot. Uh, you think back two years ago, they were in the semifinals. And, you know, 2020, uh, everybody dealt with that. Um, but then on top of that, 2021 turns around and they get a coaching change. They're not going to play. Um, but it was evident from the time that I got uh, to Bozeman in February that this group was determined to um, to take that next step. And, and now we're back, um, yeah, I guess, where they were in 19 and back at home and, and with a shot to, um, you know, 
take another step. So going to be happier for our guys, and with that, I'll open it up. How about the, the determination of the group? How much does that help when you do have a challenge like coming here, a place they've never lost a home playoff game and number one ranking next to their next to their name? I mean, how much does just that closeness to maturity of these guys help yeah, in that I, I, I think the one thing this group has done every week, it, it really hasn't mattered who we play, um, where, when, all that stuff, and they've really bought into that. And, and every week hasn't been perfect by any means, but as far as our our effort, um, the way we prepare, um, you heard Daniel talk about it, that Monday through Friday, that's what wins you games. And, and you know, just to appreciate our guys understanding that, and it, it, it's a, it's an easy um, task to to take on when you are truly playing for one another. Um, and uh, you know, we have great continuity on this team, um, great leadership. Um, you know, a whole heck of a lot of seniors that uh, want this thing to keep going. And uh, you know, they're the ones in a lot of cases out there making a ton of plays, and that's just great to see. And you know, our younger players are, are continuing to come along and, and lift them up. As, you know, it all worked out. You know, the run heavy and the line defense—that's kind of a formula you had at North Dakota State winning national championships. So, do you feel like that's really kind of the the way you got to go about winning a title? Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's not super complicated to say it, but it's really hard to do. You know, if if, if you can. Um, in particular, and that's what I, you know, I credit Sam Houston. They found a way to get to that point where they could run it and they could defend it, and that got them a championship in the in the spring. And that's what we wanted to be about: um, be able to run it, defend it, turn it over, take it away, protect the heck out of it. We did all those things tonight, and um, you know, uh, maybe whether we surprised them or not, I don't know. I mean, we didn't feel like this was, uh, you know, a shock the world effort that we would need, but. Uh, yeah, that was a good team we beat, I know that much. Specifically, you know, your pass defense, you played some pretty good quarterbacks in here. What, what is it about your pass defense that kind of sets you guys up for success? Well, we can get after uh, quarterbacks with four guys, and we've been able to do that pretty consistently. So then that allows you to do an array of things on the back end from a coverage perspective, mixing up coverage, disguising coverage. Um, we're not, you know, we don't have to blitz all the time, but then we can blitz from time to time and, and really be effective there. I just I think we throw a lot of different things um, at a quarterback, at an offensive line, um, at an offensive coordinator for that matter. But it all starts with our ability to get after the quarterback with four guys, and uh, you know we've been able to do that pretty consistently all year. And we gotta you know gotta do it next week and see if we can live to fight another day. Then they're they're so coachable. You communicate with them. You tell them. You know what your expectations are, how we're going to do things, and they they go do it. And, and whether that's you know simple instructions yesterday in the airport, or just a you know how, how are we how are we going to win this football game? Hey, here's what we here's what we need to do, and, and they go do it. And, and we haven't been perfect by any means, but um, you know the, the bond for them is so strong, and then their their willingness to to take a new coaching staff on and really work with us. Um, and, you know, get to this point uh, that all that credit goes to those players. Um, and they're, they're just resolve and belief in one another. And then, um, you know, they want to make this thing go as long as they can. Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach here on the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans, and helping communities succeed. This is Nuanas now on ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. And one last thought on the Bobcat game before we hear some sound from Bobby Houck, Montana head coach. 
first of all, when he alluded to the the issues at the airport, that's, we'll get into that a little later on in the show. Uh, definitely, uh, of course, the Bobcats, when they are going to Texas, had an issue because that was sort of the trend when they were going to Texas prevalently uh, back earlier on this decade when Rob Ash was the head coach. But there's all sorts of different ways you can dissect all these different narratives. And I know one that's going around Montana right now, particularly for those that support Montana, they're saying, well, the Cats got a way better draw. That's true. James Madison's significantly better than Sam Houston. I saw both schools, both teams. This iteration, what I saw Friday, Saturday, James Madison, much better than Sam Houston for sure. If Montana State would have had to go to James Madison, I, I, I think that it probably would have been a different story, but that's not what the scenario is. Instead, this is a historic advancement for Montana State. And, again, you can slice and dice it all you want. But the fact of the matter is that Montana State's starting quarterback quit the team three weeks ago, and now they got a gem in a freshman in Tommy Malott who not just could handle the spotlight but fully seized the moment. But the other guy who deserves a ton of credit is Brent Vegan, and you can talk all you want about how these are Jeff Choate's recruits. That's true. Jeff Choate was at the game to support a lot of the guys that he helped grow and develop and recruit, obviously, the guys he saw the potential in, the core of this team that are the best players on Montana State that are among the best players in the league and in the country, guys like Chase Benson and Troy Anderson, Isaiah Fonse, Lewis Kidd, Taylor Tuiasasopo, those guys are Jeff Choate recruits, certainly. But the last time a first-year head coach led his team to the finals from a Big Sky Conference team, or the semifinals, excuse me, from a Big Sky Conference team, was when Joe Glenn, Glenn did it back in 2001. So it's been, or in 2000, excuse me. So it's been 21 full years since a Big Sky head coach in his first season has led a team all the way to the semifinals. They have empowered the guys that they had in their locker room. I think that they are a fully um, player-run program at this exact moment. They have as many really mature seniors, as Brent Vegan was saying there, that are playing their, their last football games, that they know that it's their last football games. And they want to go out with a bang. They do not want to go out quietly. And this is certainly um, one of the best Bobcat teams of all time. And they, uh, a championship, a true championship has eluded them. They do not have a Big Sky title. But Saturday was their 35th win as a group. They're into the semis for the second year in a row. That's never happened at Montana State. And they're hosting a semifinal playoff game for the first time since 1984. So coming out of a pandemic with the coaching change, one of the only schools in the Big Sky that played no action games whatsoever in the spring, Montana State, the last team standing from the Big Sky Conference. Jeff Choate, Brent Vegan, deserve, or Jeff Choate, Brent Vegan, and the group of seniors at Montana State, they all deserve a ton of credit for where Montana State's at right now. No doubt, and I think the biggest thing that we just heard from Brent Vegan in that postgame press conference, it wasn't a shock-the-world type of game. I mean... There were some breaks that went Montana State's way early that helped the Bobcat that helped the game get out of hand as much as it did. For sure, and you got to make those plays too, right? Absolutely. I mean, after after the Trey Webb interception on the second drive, I mean, Tommy Malott still has to throw a great deep ball to Willie Patterson, and that's sort of that was shocking. The, that was the eye opener, right? Right, and that that puts you up fourteen nothing, and it's 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 taking advantage of sort of some of those breaks where Eric Schmidt, who's one of the best court, quarterbacks in the country, you know, makes a mistake early in the game. But they did a great job taking advantage of that. But, I mean, it wasn't a fluke. There weren't any weird plays. They just... Oh, no. They dominated. They dominated. And I know... Sam Houston couldn't block him. I mean, I know that all the the headline gravitated towards five total touchdowns for Tommy Mallott. The Philly special where Tommy... I mean, Tommy Mallott caught a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and rushed for two more touchdowns in the first 17 minutes of that game. Yeah. So that gets all the headlines. But the true headline was 
that Montana State could not be blocked. Chase Benson, their best player, went out in the first quarter. Didn't matter. His backup and his backup's backup both had sacks. I mean, they were just partying on the pile. Sam Houston couldn't block them at all. No, and the, the game state was such that, I mean, Sam Houston finished with 400-some yards. I mean, Sam Houston had a couple long touchdowns there in the second half. But if you were there and you were looking at it, I mean, Montana State... Stop the run. I mean, they they shut down everything Sam Houston wanted to do. They didn't let Jaquez Azard get anything on kick and putt returns. Nope. And and their offense worked really well. I mean, they hit the deep shots. They ran the ball with with Tommy Malott. Isaiah Fonse actually didn't have a great game. No, he was averaging didn't about matter. two yards per carry until his last carry. He had I think he had sixty two yards on his first twenty three carries. But his 24th carry was a 42-yard touchdown that helped him break that single-season record, helped him get 100 yards, and helped it make it look a little bit more. But still, that that Bobcat offense, I mean, they've been churning it out. They they rushed for 190 yards, but it took them 44 carries to get there. They're used to averaging six, six and a half a carry. 4.4 seems a little bit less than what they usually do. But still, Brent Vegan said, we knew that if we won the turnover battle and we outrushed them, we would have a chance, and that's exactly what happened. Right, and they only completed seven passes, too, but when they needed the big plays, they got them. I mean, when you're, they converted the third down early, I think, with the throw to Nate Stewart that got them in the red zone. Yeah, when they were back, the had a long one early as well. Yeah, when they were backed up on their own goal line, and it sort of seemed like Sam Houston was starting to come back. This was really early in the third quarter. They just cut it to 28-12. to 12. They'd scored the last two touchdowns. They're still at home. The crowd was starting to get into it. Great punt pins Montana State at the one. And, of course, the big play from that drive is a 68-yard touchdown to Lance McCutcheon. But before that, I think they had a third and four at the, you know, six-yard line or whatever. Ifonse converts it. That was his biggest run of the game before the late touchdown. And I think one of the biggest hidden plays of the game. Montana Football Hour, Andrew Houghton. ESPN Missoula producer, Skyline Sports beat writer. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas here. We do this the first hour of every Monday's show. And it's presented proudly by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has a gift for you this holiday season. Unwrap the savings on over 1,500 new top-quality pre-owned boats and RVs. Our friends at Brett's, they are the largest RV and boat dealerships in five states. The Brett's family has owned and operated their stores since 1967, providing exceptional service for over 54 years. Call 833-BRETTS-RV or shop online at brettsrv.com or stop by one of their five locations. Montana, the narrative of their season was actually pretty consistent. Dominant, ferocious special teams and defensive play. When they were able to seize the momentum early and carry it, they were truly unbeatable. The confidence in which the Grizz played with this year, certainly a return to yesteryear. Uh, regardless of if they finished 10-3 and three and there was some Harry moments in October. I think this team encompassed the attitude of some of the old Grizz teams that I first, when I first broke into this business, started covering. I don't think these guys ever even considered losing coming into games. They were had the utmost confidence, the ultimate confidence. I think that's why a couple of the guys we'll hear from later on in this show, senior offensive tackle Dylan Cook and senior linebacker Jace Lewis, were so heartbroken uh, following Montana's 28-6 loss at James Madison. Oftentimes, you could have an exceptional team, and if things don't go your way or you have a definitive weakness that you can't fix within the scope of a season, it's going to bite you. And that's where Montana was at because they, they did have one of the great special teams units of any Bobby Houck's 10 teams at Montana. They did have one of the most dominant and certainly one of the most disruptive and playmaking defenses 
definitely the highest scoring defense that the Grizz have ever had. And they still are sort of stuck in third year gear. How do they shift it into fourth? How do they get over that hump? How do they get back into the final four? It's been 10 years now since Montana advanced to the semifinals. They've lost in the quarters four times during that span. But I think there's a different way to evaluate it as well. Sometimes you never know the play, the team you're going to play in the playoffs. And sometimes you run into the best team or one of the best teams around or two too early. So maybe evaluating based on playoff advancement, it's one of the factors, but maybe it shouldn't be the primary factor. All that said, when you have a, a team like Montana was this year that at the same time had exceptional talent and also exceptional adversity that they had to overcome, um, it's hard to evaluate that team. Were they as good as you hoped they'd be? I think that most people associated with the Grizz right now feel a massive sense of disappointment because the team does have so many special pieces, because they are so ridiculously good in certain ways. And uh, But they they got exploited on on, Saturday, on Friday night in, in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, against James Madison. The story, the narrative coming back to Montana is Sammy Cam breaking his collarbone on his first reception midway through the third quarter or the first quarter, and then Cam Humphrey getting knocked out uh, with an apparent head injury. But there's a lot more to it. We're going to get into more of that later on in the Montana Football Hour. But right now, let's hear from Montana head coach Bobby Houck. You know, first, congratulations to uh, to uh, James Madison. It was a good win by them. They uh, they went out. They, I thought they played very well. Um, they went out and kind of took the game. And, uh, you know, credit goes to them for, for playing a great football game and really holding us in check. And, making some plays against us and, and we just did a really nice job. They're well coached, they've got good players and um, played a great game. So good job by them. Um, I'm proud of my team as well. Really, really love our team. I think we have a great football team. Um, the attrition uh, through the season is really evident tonight. situation. I thought our guys uh, played their asses off and, and competed and played hard to the very end uh, as they always do and unfortunately we didn't get to win. Bobby, the, the two long touchdowns in the first half, you just take us through those plays. Is there anything that they hit in particular that got you guys off guard? No, they just executed. Um, you know, giving up the big play is not has not been our Achilles heel this year. Um, we gave up three big plays in this game, and that was uh, yeah, probably really the difference in the game. So, good job by them making them. They, they just they made plays we didn't. And then when Cam goes down, what's the process like to the decision-making to get from Chris Brown to Ronnie Patterson in the second half? Um, well, we you know, start out trying to get the first downs and then hopefully finish some drives and get some points. Uh, we didn't do a very good job of that. And then uh, we ended up talking it over at halftime and decided Robbie gave us the best chance to, to score points and gave us the best chance to win. Um, thought he did an admirable job competing in there. Got really, as I always say, we've got a really competitive group. And, um, you know, it, it just you get the point where you're, you've got a pretty young team to start with, and when you start losing guys, you get younger and younger, and eventually, Against this level of competition, 
uh, that takes its toll. You know, um, it's just it's, it's playing a really good opponent. It's hard for for guys that haven't played much or, or that youthful. I really love this team. I think this is a great football team. Um, like I said, we didn't have enough in the tank tonight to get it done, but uh, it's a special football team. They're really good. A lot of big wins. Anytime you're winning 10 games, it's a, it's a fine year. And, um, we're, we're back in business where we're competing for it every year now, and, and uh, I think there's great that we're a young team, great things moving forward. So, um, you know, we'll digest this one. And, the season a little bit. Um, I don't want to push on to next year too soon because, as you mentioned, there were so many great things this fall and so much. Uh, it's just fun to see the joy back in Ritz. I think the thing I remember is not just Saturdays, the, the work put in, the effort level, the belief that uh, was developed, and um, you know, as, as a group, they, uh, they didn't. They really didn't think they could be beat. I think that confidence level permeated the young guys on the team when they walked in the door and they came from our senior group. Montana head coach Bobby Houck here on the Montana Football Hour. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. The first hour of each Monday's show is proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations throughout the Treasure State. They're only in Montana. It's a bank for Montanans by Montanans. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. More on the FCS quarterfinals. The Bobcats moving on. The Grizzlies wondering what the next step might be. We'll hear from Daniel Hardy, Lance McCutcheon, and Tommy Mallott from MSU, as well as Dylan Cook and Jace Lewis from Montana. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The semifinals of the FCS playoffs are coming to Montana for the first time in more than a decade. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Saturday night in Huntsville, Texas, the Montana State Bobcats pulled off an upset for the ages, toppling top-ranked, top-seeded, and undefeated Sam Houston in resounding fashion. MSU freshman quarterback Tommy Malott caught a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and rushed for two more scores as Montana State surged to a 28-0 lead early in the second quarter on the way to a 42-19 victory. The win helps Montana State sew up a bid in the semifinals finals of the playoffs for the second year in a row. It also means that MSU will host South Dakota State in the first semifinal playoff game at Bobcat Stadium since 1984. The state of Montana has not seen a Final Four game since Montana defeated App State in overtime in 2009 to advance to the title game. MSU's victory marked the first road FCS playoff win in program history. It also marked the first time Sam Houston has ever lost a home game in the postseason and snapped a 22-game winning streak for the Bearcats, dating back to their undefeated spring season that saw Sam win their first national title. And finally, Friday in Harrisonburg, Virginia, the Montana Grizzlies ran into a buzzsaw. James Madison scored on a pair of big plays in the first half while knocking out Grizz quarterback Cam Humphrey before cruising to a 28-6 victory over UM. Montana's season ends with a 10-3 record. 
This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanez now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a Monday. It is the Montana Football Hour, presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has been providing exceptional service for over 54 years. Go shop Brett's RV and Marine online by visiting brettsrv.com. Or you can visit one of their four locations, including here in Missoula, 4800 Grant Creek Road. Montana falls 28-6 at James Madison on Friday night, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Montana State, a 42-19 victory over number one ranked top-seeded Sam Houston. The Bearcats enter the game on a 22-game winning streak, undefeated all the way back till last spring. They won their first national championship last spring, and in that spring playoff, Sam Houston defeated James Madison, North Dakota State, and South Dakota State in the span of 15 days. An epic run by the Bearcats, but it comes to an abrupt end as Montana State scores 28 points in the first 17 minutes of the game and then holds on. And a pretty dominant victory in a lot of different ways by Montana State, despite having three of their best players get hurt. Chase Benson goes down in the first quarter. He's out for the rest of the game. Ty Okada goes down about midway through the game. All-league junior safety. Rylan Root from Missoula Sentinel steps up, doesn't miss a beat. And Troy Anderson hurt his shoulder, you could tell, but he played for the duration of the game. So we'll see what effect those injuries have moving forward. Montana State hosts South Dakota State Saturday at Bobcat Stadium, high noon. And for the Grizzlies, their season is finished after a 10-3 mark. Here, This segment we're going to hear from several of the subjects. Right now, one of the hottest names in the state, one of the best storylines in the state, is of a kid from the Mining City. Mile high, mile deep. Got to love it. If you look at the Montana Standard newspaper today, there's a full-page ad all about Tommy Mallott and the other Butte natives that play college football for the Grizz and the Cats in the state of Montana. There's also a whole other page with little ads congratulating Tommy Mallott and the MSU team on all their success. He's a true freshman, even though he's been in college for two years, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. What What an evening for this young man. Almost 270 yards of total offense, five total touchdowns. But more importantly, he's got the locker room. You can tell. They have a ton of confidence in him. Daniel Hardy will touch on that in a minute. But first, the hottest star in the Treasure State right now, Butte's finest, Tommy Mallott. You mentioned playing with house money. Just what was your guys' mindset coming into this game? Because you guys play with a ton of confidence. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think um, anyone outside of you know Bozeman, Montana, really believed in us. I'd come down here and knock these guys off after you know being an undefeated uh, calendar year. So, but we uh, you know we just trusted each other. We believed in each other, and you know just going out there, we knew what we had to do. We'd been you know practicing really hard. Great weather tonight. Obviously blessed with that. Um, you know, just executed. You guys have taken deep shots early in games a lot, but to hit the first couple, how much momentum was that given offense? Oh, it was huge. You know, I think mean, that was an emphasis for this game plan. Um, you know, but it just goes to credit those wide receivers. You know, a lot of man this week, uh, you know, gave them a couple chances and they went and made plays for me. How important was the start for you guys here? We got a couple turnovers and they will punch those in and, and jump out quick. Oh, it was huge. You know, our defense, 
great turnover ratio tonight. Uh, they were all over him. You know, they're one of the top offenses in the nation, and, and uh, our defense, you know, kept him at bay all night long. Um, you know, got a couple turnovers off the beginning and, and really got our momentum going, so uh, it was huge. They got the score right before half, and then they scored right out of halftime as well. So how big was it then to get the touchdown to Lansky to take us through that, especially when you're pinned all the way back on the one-yard line? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when we came back out from halftime, well, we knew what we had to do. Uh, we knew that these guys weren't going to be, you know, uh, shut out the entire game. Obviously, we believe in our defense, um, but on the offensive side, we had to keep that mindset that we had to keep going down and scoring. And, and uh, you know, obviously, Lance made a huge play for me and then, you know, went off and scored. So it was pretty special. You mentioned that you dreamed about playing quarterback for the Bobcats your whole life. So what's this moment like for you? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I think a couple months from now, I'll look back and, and, uh, you maybe have a different perspective for it. But right now, uh, you know, we've been working for 20 weeks, you know, or so, um, you know, and then plus throughout, throughout the entire summer. So, you know, just keeping on that wave and not keeping my, or not letting my emotions go up or down, uh, you know, just continuing to do what the team needs. So, one of the most unique portions of this storyline, Montana Football Hour, ESPN Radio, of Coulter Nuanez on Nuanez now, is that Tommy Mallott has at the same time been trying to groom himself as a quarterback while being quite a ways away from being that guy. When you look back to the spring, he was behind Matt McKay, Tucker Rovig, and Blake Thielen, who ended up transferring to Montana Tech, and now he's leading the Bobcats to playoff victories. That in-the-bucket deep throw to Willie Patterson to put Montana State up 14 nothing. That was an eye-opener. And then his deep shot down the sideline to Nate Stewart, his neat deep shot to Lance McCutcheon, you're thinking, oh, my gosh. This is how good this offense can be when they can throw the deep ball and the team, the other team has to load up in the box to try to stop Isaiah Fonse. And uh, a revelatory performance from Tommy Mallott. But the fact is, he was also working in at receiver. He was playing some special teams with the, the notion that maybe he would play defense soon. And I think that helped him capture the respect of some of the best leaders on this team particularly the guys playing defense. Daniel Hardy, Montana State's senior defensive end, he touched on that here. Hardy, what an unbelievable year for him. His first year playing defensive end, he has two sacks on Saturday, including one in the fourth quarter on a fourth down to give Montana State the ball back. He's got 14 sacks so far this year. One of the great stories in the Big Sky Conference gives you some perspective on what this mean, what this win meant to him and his teammates. Chase goes down early, uh, but a bunch of other guys stepped up. So what did you think of some of those guys, particularly guys like Brody Greedy and Ben Seymour? They, they seem to play really well. Uh, the, I mean, you know, obviously Chase is a huge loss, but the only thing I have to say about that is, like, those guys are, like, everybody looks at those guys like they're backups. Those dudes are starters. They take real reps every game. Um, they're just as important to the team as anybody else, and, you know, we expect them to make plays like that, and we know they're capable of doing that. Um, I got nothing but love for those guys, and I'm, you know, happy to see how they develop as players. When you see that number one ranking next to the team that you're playing, how much does that motivate you? What was the preparation like this week, getting ready to take on the defending national champs? Obviously, we knew we had a, a challenge ahead of us, but at the same time, you know, like I say every time I talk to you guys, man, it's the same process over and over and over again. It wouldn't matter if we were playing Alabama or a middle school. So, um, you know, watch film, did the preparation you know, made sure we did the work on the front end. You don't win games on Saturday. You win them Monday through Friday. So um, I think we did a great job of doing that. And, um, you know, credit to our coaches for having us prepared. What does it mean to be back uh, for semifinals, to have another shot and to do it at Bobcat Stadium? 
I love Bobcat Stadium. I love our fans, and I'm so happy we got to be able to play another game in front of them. It was a little bittersweet moment, um, you know, our last game against UC Martin, because, um, you know, kind of feeling like that was our last home game. But, you know, it's going to be amazing to get back in front of our, you know, diehard fans, love those guys to death, and, you know, we'll be looking to put on a show. From a defensive perspective, what sort of spark does Tommy give you guys? Oh, my gosh, he keeps us on the bench. <laughs> he keeps us off the field. Tommy's great. Um, I tell that guy every day, you know, before the game, you know, go lead. He's a born leader. The dude is a true freshman in the playoffs, making the plays that he's making, like, unreal. Like, have nothing but love for the guy. And, again, like, he's this good as a freshman. So, when he's a senior, you know, Daniel Hardy, Montana State senior defensive end here on Nuanas Now. It's the Montana Football Hour. MSU goes to Huntsville, Texas, knocks off top seed at Sam Houston State, 42-19. Montana, their season ends. We're going to get into the evaluation of this season, probably the second hour of this show and throughout this week. But this Montana team is a unique one. I've covered all 10 of Bobby Houck's seasons as the head coach at Montana, and I guess that's not true, not in 2003, but from 2004 on, and this is definitely a unique team because they have some spectacular players. I think their defense at times was as dominant as a Grizz defense has ever been. But I also think that there's a lot that incurred this team. I think that the injuries were a huge part of the storyline. The the fact that injuries led to a lack of consistency at quarterback was also a huge part of the storyline. But the fact that they didn't have a reliable option after Cam Humphrey at quarterback is another part of the storyline. And the fact that they continue to still struggle up front on the offensive line, they're okay. But when you get to the Elite Eight of the SCS Finals, you can't just be okay. James Madison's front seven was amazing. I thought James Madison's defense was just flat lights out. They had several guys that I thought would have been among the best players in the Big Sky Conference this year, some of the best guys I've seen. Montana has some good talent. But if you were taking Montana's defense just man for man, personnel-wise, I think only about half the Grizz defense would start on James Masson, maybe even less than that. James Masson had some superior dudes both sides of the football. And uh, even with Cam Humphrey and Sammy Akem going out early in the game, I thought it was tough sledding for Montana. All that said, a couple of their seniors are guys that have some of the great stories in the state of Montana, not just this year, but anytime. Dylan Cook's a guy who... Out of Butte High School, was a quarterback. He went to Montana State Northern, tried to make his way there for the lights. He ends up walking on at Montana. Bobby Houck says that he probably has a much greater future at offensive tackle than any other position, no matter what maybe Dylan Cook wants to do. And Cook makes the switch, ends up starting 20-plus games, and really was one of the steadiest guys on the Grizzlies. A great story for him as a walk-on turned captain. And Jace Lewis... What an unbelievable story for the Towns of Montana native. A former Class B star, walks on to the Grizz, gets the distinct honor of wearing number 37, but this year came with a little bit even more emotion attached to it because of the death of Jesse Sims in the spring when he had just passed the jersey on to Jace Lewis. And he was definitely the heart and soul of that Grizz defense, which you could talk about any and every element of the analysis, but you cannot say anything but... That Grizz defense played about as hard as any defense I've ever seen. Unbelievable effort by those guys. First, let's hear from Dylan Cook, Butte, Montana, senior offensive tackle and captain for the Grizz. Sam, you got hurt on the first drive. And, you know, how did the offense, I guess, try to, you know, balance with him with losing him? You know, such a key player. He goes out right away. How did you guys kind of weather that storm as, as well as you could? Uh, we 
we really kind of just took it upon the offensive line and just kind of told each other we got to be able to run the ball uh, efficiently and, and get some yards. And we did towards the end, but just not good enough. Just in that second half, too, with Robbie coming in, just to, you know your thoughts on the way he played and you know, seems toward the very end, he was you know, doing everything he could to try to keep you in. Outstanding play by Robbie Patterson. He, uh, he came in with not a lot of reps on the season and came in and led the offense on two pretty good drives. Just couldn't close them out, but kudos to him. How tough is it when you kind of see two of your senior leaders on the team and you know they have to go out early and they're sitting on the sidelines? I imagine that's just kind of you know, difficult to, to watch. Uh, everything's tough in this program. We're kind of used to, to adversity, and we take that on as a challenge with a smile on our face because we look at it as another chance to step up and show who we are as a nation. Grateful and blessed that Coach Hawk took a chance on me and, and allowed me to come here and, and give my all and earn a spot. Grizz Nation, man, you can't beat it. Robbie Patterson worth mentioning as well. When Cam Humphrey gets knocked out, they give Chris Brown a few series, but at halftime they decide Robbie Patterson's going to be the guy a former transfer from Saddleback Junior College. A limited package when he's in the game, but he played his guts out, and uh, as you heard Dylan Cook say, they're outstanding by him. He helped Montana control the ball on the clock a little bit, which maybe helped stop the bleeding a little bit, but either way, uphill sledding without Cam Humphrey and Sammy Akem for the Grizz offense. Jace Lewis, when Cam Humphrey got knocked out, three plays later, number 37, recovers a fumble that was forced by Patrick O'Connell. Those two guys... One of the most fun tandems of linebackers the Grizz have ever had. It'll be interesting to see if O'Connell can carry on uh, this energy from this group he's played with the last couple years. Because from Dante Olson to now Lewis and O'Connell and Jace Weld, or excuse me, Marcus Wellnell, those guys didn't miss a beat after Dante Olson's departure, the Buck Buchanan Award winner. Here's Jace Lewis's thoughts post game following Montana's 28 to six loss at James Madison on Friday night. Congratulations to that guy on a phenomenal career because he was definitely one of the most fun Grizz to watch and cover unparalleled intensity. And uh, he showed great class and dignity in wearing that jersey this year and representing what it meant, especially with a heavy heart after the loss of uh, former team captain and former number 37 Jesse Sims last spring. Snuana is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television, the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Let Sackman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking. They have 36 locations. They're only in Montana. It's for Montanans and by Montanans. Stockman Bank, proud presenter of the Montana Football Hour. The semifinals are set. We'll give you an update on that, as well as a few more thoughts on the weekend that was, including our travels. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What up, Montana? Welcome back. ESPN Radio, it's Nuanas Now. Your one-stop shop for all things sports around the Treasure State on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Northwest Motorsport boasts the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. This is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank and Brett's RV and Marine. Montana falls 28-6 at James Madison on Friday night. Montana State, a 42-19 victory over number one Sam Houston in Huntsville, Texas on Saturday. We were live and in person in both those games. How did we get there? We'll share that story with you in just a minute. If you're wondering about the music, I'm always curating the playlist, but I meant to tease this off the top. Most of you out there, you got your Spotify, your Apple Music, whatever. Most of the music services, they give you your wrapped at the end of the year, giving you all the, the top 100 songs you listen to and the categories and all that. So I'm just picking some stuff off of that list, play those throughout the rest of this week. We are off, Nuana's now, last two weeks of December. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some content for you throughout those two weeks. We'll also have bowl games throughout those two weeks as well. Almost every single bowl game, you'll be able to find it here on ESPN Radio, maybe some NBA, college hoops, all that stuff too. But uh, we got to get out, man. Got some days off. I got to take, and there's only a couple weeks left in the year. But uh, we'll be sharing the Spotify wrap with you throughout the rest of this week for sure. We're going to analyze these two football games throughout the rest of this show and throughout the rest of this week. Usually on Mondays, the second hour of the show, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. But Coach Marty Morningweg, he is not here today. Uh, so he'll probably be back with us after the new year. He just comes up by on Mondays. So. Uh, this is the last Monday show for 2021, so um, we'll look forward to catching up with him. Though Span, I plan on spending some time with him uh, over the holiday break and and seeing uh, you know just just catching up and and maybe we'll make some notes about the 2022 version of the Monday afternoon quarterback. We'll keep talking about these games, but quickly give you a little snippet and probably continue talking about these stories as well. It was an epic journey across the country. We flew out last Thursday. We pre-recorded all Thursday's show, and that went off without a hitch, which was great. And uh, that's a, a new <laughs> execution by us, the team here at ESPN Missoula. So uh, thank you so much to Tommy Evans and Andrew Houghton for helping us do that. But we leave Thursday afternoon, fly from Missoula to Minneapolis. Now, that was good. Sit down, have a little food while we're in Mini. And uh, then we're getting up to go find our plane and... Andrew, who's from D.C., he says, hey, we got to go to gate C. I say, no, we got to go to gate D. He's like, no, it's gate C. We're flying into Dulles. And I'm like, well, no, we're flying into 
Reagan National in Washington, D.C., all of a sudden I realized that the trips that I had booked, although they both left at 2.40 p.m. from Missoula, they both landed in Minneapolis at the same time. That We were on the same plane there, so that makes sense. But there was flights leaving Minneapolis at the exact same time from the same airport, two different gates going to two different D.C. airports landing within minutes of each other. The issue there is we were going to get picked up in D.C., and uh, that didn't happen. Only one of us could get a ride. Of course, that was Andrew because his mother lives there, so she came to pick him up. Meanwhile, myself and Blake Hempstead, we had to go find a, a way to occupy ourselves, and we found a little hole in the wall called the Dew Drop Inn. So we spent a couple uh, hours there. Actually ran into a guy who was the bartender there who not only was the son of one of Andrew's former youth basketball coaches, but also a alum of New Hampshire, and New Hampshire and James Madison are not very friendly with each other. So our bartender had some terse words <laughs> for us about our expedition to go cover Montana at James Madison. He was not a big JMU fan. So that was the first hitch in the trip. Then we drive to Harrisonburg on Friday. Uh, pretty smooth getting down there. Uh, we go to the game, and uh, what a beautiful venue. We'll get some of that maybe in the second hour as well. But then we have to get back up to D.C., sleep for a couple hours, and then somehow get to Baltimore. On the highway to Baltimore on a ride there, there was a wreck on the freeway, so we had a little impediment there. And uh, then just absolute chaos at the Baltimore airport. Fast forward to all the way getting to Houston, then we have our bags lost, so we're there for a little while. Regardless, we finally made it down to Huntsville, and uh, all things considered, uh, it, pretty smooth, even though it wasn't smooth at all. But, man, it was a hell of a time, and I know you had a fun time going home too, man. And uh, when we bo- first booked the itinerary, we knew it was going to be a whirlwind. We knew there wasn't going to be a lot of sleep. But uh, this is what journalism is all about, right? We got to actually do, do as you said so eloquently in the first segment, we got to do real-life storytelling, which is, is what we dream of as uh, journalism school guys. No doubt, and it was such a surprise, Coulter, for everything that went wrong. Man, everything was on time. All our flights were on time. We hit all our connections. We got to all of our games on time, and that's the only thing that matters, really. I mean, yeah. all the stuff that happens in between there, the, the crazy mishaps and, and our luggage being lost, and, you know, I, I managed to leave my carry-on bag on two different planes <laughs> and had to go back and get it I managed twice. to leave my computer in the Minneapolis airport, had to run out and come back and get, and get it for there, too. We were just on fire. But for all that stuff, man, we made it to kick. We made all of our flights. That's what it's all about. And it was just so cool seeing so much of, of America, man. I mean, it's going to sound cheesy for a second no, it's here. Sweet, though. But, like, so cool being able to go to my home, my home, my neighborhood in D.C. for yeah. a couple hours and see my family. And then right after that, we're jetting out to, to Houston and Huntsville, Texas, which is a place that play a part of the country that I'd never been before see a couple new football stadiums, spend some time in Vegas. Like, it, it, we had it all. The best and worst of the weekend, because I know you don't really care about all the hitches in our travel as much as uh, one of the best parts of the experience. And I would say uh, some of the best and worst of the weekend, some of the best was spending a brief moment in Washington, D.C., getting to meet Andrew's mother. What a fascinating lady. So fun talking to her over a cup of coffee on uh, Friday morning. Getting to see the drive through Virginia, that was beautiful. I've been to a lot of places in the country, and oftentimes what you expect them to be like is sort of similar to what they're like, and oftentimes there's parts that are a lot different too. That part of Virginia was just as I imagined it, quintessential, uh, just such beautiful, old and historic 
architecture. I thought both D.C., not having been there in 20 years, was an awesome experience seeing it again as an adult. And James Madison, the campus, beautiful. The venue, beautiful. Uh, I thought that the James Madison band was epic. I thought that was one of the best parts of the trip. I thought the turnout at James Madison, though, was a little bit disappointing. That was probably one of the worst parts of the weekend was the turnout at both venues. These are two blue blood, prestigious FCS programs, both of whom had lost national championships, won national championships, lost national championships, all of it, played for national championships in recent years, and uh, not very good turnouts. But regardless, the barbecue joint that looked like something straight out of deliverance that we went to on Saturday in Huntsville, Texas was awesome. How downtrodden and underdeveloped Huntsville is was actually kind of charming. It was like amazing how not nice it was. And that in itself was sort of a moment in time. And I just get a chance to hang out with the guys and, and really roll around. And then yesterday spending a couple whirlwind hours in Vegas and watching some NFL football while playing some blackjack. That was very fun too. So it was an awesome excursion. We'll continue telling you stories throughout the rest of this week. But right now, our one's in the books and our two's coming at you. Pinch hitter. Ty Gregorak is going to join us here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 